Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. Morning. What'd you say? There you go. Can I get you all to stand up? Let's worship our King, our God, Jesus. People out there that are watching on the air, I want you to stand up at your home. I don't care if you're in your pajamas or not. Uh, let's worship. Great are you, Lord, mighty in strength. You are faithful. You will ever be. And we will praise you all of our days. And it's your glory. Shout 
Now we're going to do a new song. I think we did it last week. You guys ready? Don't sit down. Put your hands together. Come on. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. Let's do this a couple times. Praise the Lord. Praise it till we get it right. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I praise in the valley. I praise on the mountain. I praise when I'm sure. I praise when I'm doubting. I praise when I'm numbered. I praise when surrounded. I won't be quiet, my God is alive, I can't 
sat down now, but can you turn to somebody and just say hi and good morning? Because let's just keep that energy going. Yeah, that was some serious energy. I think we have a, a new little friend back here, and if you could have seen her dancing to that, wow. Bring her up front. Maybe we would do that next time, but yeah, that was just so amazing. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly. Most of you know me. If you don't know me, I am the children's ministry director. Oh, I'm sorry. And I am happy to see so many of you here today and to our friends out there online. Hello and welcome to this Sunday before Thanksgiving. Hard to believe this is where we are. Gobble to you wobble. Okay, there's our mantra for the week. <clears throat> I won't say anything else to that. We'll just leave that stand there. Um, oh, first of all, very important, because sometimes I get up here and get so caught up in the announcements that I forget the offering. I'm not going to take the offering today right now, okay? So I didn't want you to think I'm forgetting it. That's going to come later in our service. So um, just stay tuned for that. I will also say, too, before I get into the other announcements, that the kids, you guys are dismissed to Kid Venture. I will be out there with you soon, but there's some other adults out there that are waiting for you for our fun morning together so you can all head out. So the announcements we have for this morning, um, we have a change for change bucket back here to my right, and that um, the money and change in there for the month of November is going to go towards two families in our Lidditz community with gift cards for Christmas. 
So any loose change you have, a dollar bill here, a dollar bill there, if you drop it in that bucket, we will make sure two families are blessed with that. There's also a new adult class beginning today um, over in the blue room, we call it over here, and the class is called Five Freedoms. So that begins this morning, and again, that will be over here in the blue room just following the service. Also, as you walked in this morning, you may have seen a Christmas tree set up with a bunch of really neat kind of Christmassy ornaments hanging on that. That's what we're calling our angel tree. If you were here last week, I think that um, this was talked about as well, but um, excuse me. The angel tea, angel tea, the angel tree is, um, and I don't know, oh, there it is. I have a lot of papers here. Bear with me. The angel tree is to bless um, residents of Rose City Nursing and Rehabilitation in Lancaster City. And these are people that are often, you know, we all struggle sometimes during the holidays, but I think some people that are in um, nursing and rehabilitation can often feel really the brunt of that loneliness and maybe some isolation and small things that we can do to help. And so I just pulled one off here. It's for a flowered sweatshirt for Marie. And there's, these are people, and they have just simple needs, a flowered sweatshirt. So if you are so inclined and can help us and grab one of these ornaments off of there, all you need to do is, is um, buy the gift, wrap it, label it with the name of the resident, place it back under the tree by December 10th, and they'll be gathered and taken to the resident. So it's a really nice way that we can give a little bit this holiday season. So please consider doing that. Also, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. And Hosanna, this room will look different. And it will be bustling with people. Uh, it is our free community Thanksgiving meal from 11 to 1 o'clock. Preparations have already started. If you were in the kitchen at all this morning, there's boxes and boxes of Thanksgiving food. Uh, people are working hard behind the scenes to get ready. Um, we still need something very important. We still need some cooked turkeys. We feed how many people? Over 1,300 people that we have done in past years. And if you've never come and you want to volunteer, please, please step up and volunteer. My family and I have done that many years, and it's just such a wonderful way to connect with people um, that come in from the communities. Over 1,300 people means a lot of turkeys. And so we need a couple more, probably more than a couple. But um, if you could... Um, sign up to do, to bring uh, a turkey. There's a bulletin board sign up up there. Please do that today so that we're not panicking as we get closer to Thursday, that we just know that we're going to have those cooked turkeys. And we'll give you directions on how to cook it, where to bring it, all of that. But it's a real need that we have. Second to that, if you could stay, some of you, after the service today and help us break down the chairs and bring in the round tables because we, we have to set up this room for the Thanksgiving meal, that would be greatly helpful. Um, also, next Sunday is the last day to sign up for Hosanna's Christmas party. So we, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up. And the, thanks, excuse me, the Christmas party is on Sunday, December 10th, immediately following the service. As you probably have heard, there's been a generous donation um, to cover the cost of that. So there's no cost to you to come and participate for a good meal. And also entertainment. Our congregation will be our entertainment. And I had glanced at the sign-up sheet. There's a lot of good entertainment signed up. It's not too late. But um, next Sunday is the last day to sign up because we need to know how many people are coming so we have the right amount of foods. So please do that. And then finally, um, last week it was announced that uh, we have had some donations to help with our technology needs here at Hosanna. Um, you may not realize how much tech goes into Sunday morning services, into classes, uh, into things we do with the kids. 
There's a lot of technology needs, and Jeff heads all of that up in a phenomenal way for us. And as time moves on, we have some bigger and newer technology needs, so some donations have been made towards that. And we're also saying that if you, again, feel in your heart that you would like to donate to specifically the technology needs here at Hosanna, there has been a line added to the push pay online, so you can go right on there, make a donation, and just say that it's going towards technology. You can send a check to the church and say it's towards technology, and we'll make sure that that gets there. But um, it's a big need we have, and so we're moving forward with that. I believe that is all my announcements, so I'm going to turn it over to Tony. And happy Thanksgiving. Wow, thanks, Kelly. That's an awful lot going on around here. I'd be tired if I wasn't so happy about it. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that was really miserable. <laughs> I wish you, wish you a happy Thanksgiving anyway, particularly those of you that will be, uh, all, all of you, but uh, for those of you that come and volunteer part of your day for this big event here, that's, that's, a, that's a sacrifice in more ways than one, and thank you. We're mixing things up a little bit today, which is why the worship team is still staying up here while I'm talking, so this, this could get a little fun. It's a Thanksgiving celebration service, and boy, did you guys get us started well. Steve, I was, uh, I was trying to mimic your, uh, your, your little jumps here. Maybe we have to do that before the service is over. Uh, a lot of energy here. We're going to begin today with a pop quiz. What is your favorite color? No, that's, that's not. Can anyone tell me what last week's message was about? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I was here. What was that? Don't worry, Joanne and I do that sometimes too. What, what did we do last week? <laughs> it was about metanoia and metamorphosis and the kind of attitudes that result from them. So just a quick review. Metanoia is the kind of change that can happen to us when we have like a significant spiritual experience. And we talked about Paul did on the road to Damascus, the apostle Paul. He got knocked off his horse by a blinding light and lying there on the ground had a conversation with a man that he was sure was dead. Heaven opened up, and Jesus appeared to him and said, in essence, hey, Paul, why don't you quit persecuting me and follow me instead? That's metanoia. Paul did, by the way. That's metanoia. Metamorphosis, on the other hand, we said last week, is the kind of change that can happen to us when we hang in there with a metanoia moment over the long run, over the long term, like a caterpillar does when it turns into a butterfly. Like the, I don't think I had these uh, bolded, sorry about that, like the Klingons did in Star Trek. <laughs> they changed over time, they even changed their appearance. And like the Apostle Paul did in the years following his conversion moment. He grew into it. He spent time with Jesus. He came to understand who he was and what he was be doing in the world. And th this is one of our encouragements here, one of our strengths here as a congregation, because there are so many Christians out there that have that moment, and then they just stay there the rest of their life. They get their get-out-of-hell-free card, they think that they're in, and then they just stop. I pastored a church once and wanted me to preach an evangelistic message every Sunday morning to people who had, been, for the most part, been Christians for 50 years, because they thought that's all that there was. And we know that there's far more than that. That's the entranceway. That's the start of something good. And Paul understood that as well, and he taught it as well, because that's, that's what our Bible says. And he developed attitudes, attitudes, that was the word we got, 
toward God, others, and self. Attitudes toward life. Attitudes of life that became behaviors after a while. Attitudes that caused him to sound strange in some of these letters that he wrote. Because even though he had lost everything that once meant something to him, he was joyful. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't that fake smile that some people put on when they go to church or someplace else. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything wasn't fine. But he was joyful. And he spent a lot of time explaining to others about how to have that same experience. So we want to tap into some of that. And we opened that up last week. Spent some time our last week explaining how we too could live lives of joy, lives that reflect the metanoia and metamorphosis that God has already done in us. Or to invite that metanoia and metamorphosis if we haven't allowed God to do that. And we got real practical about this. We suggested, I don't know, I'm curious how many of you did this. You don't have to raise your hand. We suggested you might want to close each day with some gratitude for the graces of the day. It's a beautiful practice to get into. And we suggested that on the other side, start each day with a true statement, with a statement of who you really are. A statement about your true identity, not what the voices in your head tell you you are. So, to illustrate this, I have a true statement of my own that I want to share with you today. I am Spartacus. I asked these three to help me out. I was curious if anybody else was going to join in. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. That's, of course, a famous scene from the 1960 movie, long before I was born. Uh, <laughs> the movie titled Spartacus, of course. And Kirk Douglas plays the famous slave who leads a rebellion against Rome, and they get captured, and a Roman general says to the whole, the whole army, basically, if they identify Spartacus, Unless they identify Spartacus, they're all going to be crucified. And Spartacus, being the, the, the leader that he is, he, he prepares to speak up. He's, he identifies himself, so he lets his men off the hook. But all of those around him stand up to do the same thing. No, I am Spartacus. It's the ultimate demonstration, perhaps, of human solidarity and heroism. We are all Spartacus. We share this common identity, they're saying. We're in this together, and we will live together, fight together, and even die together if necessary. Well, there's something very similar in our Christian faith. I'll have to do Spartacus for his end at the movie sometimes, maybe. Some blood and guts, sword fight now, maybe not. There's something very similar in our Christian faith, because while we all have a unique identity and calling, we do share a common identity. If someone were to come in here and ask for Jesus Christ to identify himself, most of us could truthfully stand up and shout out, I am Christ. No, that's not blasphemy. Does it shock you? It's not blasphemy. If you're seeing it in the same sense as Spartacus men were claiming to be him, Christ is in you. You are in Christ. You share a life. Teresa of Avila once wisely said, Christ has no body now but yours. And that is exactly why the early church, the earliest believers, were called Christians. And why we have kept that label to this day. A Christian is a little Christ. That's exactly what it means. We share the family name. We share a resemblance. 
even better, we share an identity. And that's why we can, that is why we can every morning, or as often as you want or wish, or God invites you to do it, confidently affirm things about ourselves and about each other. Things that are true about us, even if we don't feel them in the moment, even if we don't believe them at any given moment, even if we haven't yet fully grown into them. Because none of us, we're, we're all little Christ. None of us have grown in to be big Christ, okay? <laughs> they are still true. So let's remind ourselves of that this morning with the help of the worship team who are going to help us, going to lead us in singing about who you say I am.
if we remember who we are, remember that we are a child of God, if we hear the Spirit speaking to us and take it to be true, instead of those other voices that we give so much credence to, would you tell them to shut up once in a while? <laughs> the voices in your head. I'll do the same to mine uh, so we can hear the voice of the Spirit. If we keep our minds and our hearts focused on the things that remind us of God's goodness, like Paul encouraged the Philippians, in that verse that we focused on a bit last week, Philippians 4.8, then we will develop positive, life-giving, joy-bringing attitudes. And over, over time, attitudes beget gratitudes. I love that they rhyme. So these are the tudes that we want to pay attention to this week. And just in time, of course, for that day of intentional Thanksgiving that we're going to enjoy on Thursday. Gratitude has a lot of aspects to it. Let's start with the familiar and perhaps the easiest. And that is gratitude for the, th- the things we are thankful for. And those things point us backwards to the past, to our memories of the gifts given us. Long ago, or maybe just today, Probably all of us have things to be thankful for already this morning. Perhaps the fact that we are, at least those of us in this room we know, are vertical and mobile today, (laughs) is something to be thankful for. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to invite you to offer up some pop-up thankfulness. So you can start thinking about that already. If you're just to stand up in your seat where you are and yell out one thing, one line of something that you're thankful for, what would it be? Just hold on to that for a moment. But while you're thinking, let's notice that we're in a company of a long line of people who have been thankful to God, including quite a few of the biblical characters. So I'll give you a couple examples here. Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, gave thanks to God by playing her tambourine and dancing with joy with the other women whom God saved from the Egyptians after they crossed over the Red Sea. It's one of the, uh, one of the pictures in the, old, in, the, in the Bible that give us a description of, of a worship team what worship can look like. And then there was Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who gave a long prayer of thanks to God because God granted her petition to have a baby. She had a son named Samuel. And Solomon, who in his prayer of dedication for the temple, thanked God for all that he had done over the years for Israel. And Mary, in her Magnificat, gave thanks to the Lord for being chosen to give birth to the Messiah. We'll probably get back to her again in a few weeks. There's a great story in the Gospels about Jesus providing, promising healing. I love this story. Promising healing to 10 lepers if they would start on their way to see the priests. So basically, go see the, you have to go see the priest who would clarify, that, who would verify, actually, that you have been healed. So they're, they're, they're covered with leprosy, and he says, start in that direction. And as they go, they're healed. And I, this picture, can we show this picture? Um, I love this picture, but we've used that here before. Uh, they're, just, they're just dancing as they're running. They're so glad they're healed. But there was one and only one who returned to Jesus and said, oh, by the way, thanks. And Jesus says, oh, I wonder where the rest of you are. Jesus himself gave thanks to the Father before distributing the bread and fish to 5,000 people to came, came hear him teach. This is one of the reasons we got in the habit of praying before our meals, because Jesus did. Paul gave thanks to God for the believers in Philippi. It seems like he wasn't as thankful for some of the believers in some of the other cities, but in Philippi, the Philippians, he loved the fact that they, were, they shared. They were partners with him in the gospel. So there's all sorts of stories. There are others. 
But in addition to the stories, there are also admonitions and encouragements in Scripture to thank God for his gifts to us. Now, the question is why? Why does God ask us to give thanks? I mean, that feels a little selfish, doesn't it? Um, aren't you going to say thanks to me? Is it because God needs to hear it? I, I, I doubt it. I think it's because we need to say it. We need to notice how much of the goodness in our life comes undeserved, often unasked for, sometimes even unnoticed. It just sneaks up on us. And suddenly there's this grace in our life that we didn't expect, we didn't apply for, we didn't make any deal for. It just came because God is good like that. So here's the moment for us to hear your voices. No long stories, please. Uh, we'll, we'll have an opportunity for some longer testimonies in a few moments, but some one-liners of thanksgiving. Just pop up if you have something. I'm thankful for this. Thanks, Ariella. Rob? Yay. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Joanne. You're welcome. For your bride. Uh, you had a fight, didn't you? I have so much fun picking on Chris. I apologize, Chris. That was beautiful and romantic, and I moved it. Uh, yes, thanks. I didn't wear my hearing aids this morning. I forgot them, so I'm not catching everything entirely. But the, uh... Yay! You've been retired for 40 years? <laughs> thanks. Ah, wonderful. Harry. Yes. And we're thankful you are too. And without telling your personal story, Harry, a couple weeks ago, was not able to be here. And we're, we're so glad you recovered. Oh, for Hosanna. Thank you, Kenneth. Rick Elverson is thankful for a successful surgery this week. Wow. Yes. We're grateful for that as well, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> and amen, says 50 other people in the room, right? <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> Thankful for my sense of humor. I'm grateful for so did my wife, so did my friends, but mostly I'm tempted to go on to a long ex um, endorsement or affirmation. I'll resist, but amen. Hallelujah. Julie. Thanks, Julie. Uh, each breath and heartbeat. This life that we get to live. Yes. I'm sorry? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen. Oh, you guys are good. Yes. 
awesome thing for you. You guys are good at this. Get some practice in for Thursday. Hopefully you'll get to do some of this on Thursday. Okay. Thank you. Paul told the Ephesians to sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's do that. Let's sing a little bit more. Uh, Sing our thank yous, even a bit boisterously if you wish. Amen. 
Um, there we go. Thank all of you. Thanks to the worship team. They're working hard this morning, and it's, it's beautiful. I guess that song wasn't designed primarily for boisterous. It was just interpretive to mean wonderfully meaningful. And hopefully we can take some of that home with us. Spartacus would be pleased. But our gratitude does not end with the things we're thankful for. In fact, that's just the beginning. Because we're also encouraged to be thankful in all circumstances. Even when we're not feeling or seeing the goodness of God. Even if there's nothing tangible going on in that moment that we are thankful for. If being thankful for is largely looking at the past and being thankful in is largely a function of being in the present. Seeing what's going on around us and in us and choosing gratitude as a way of life in the present moment. And by the way, I've had enough conversation with some of you this week and this morning to know that some of us are going through it right now. I know that not everybody came in this morning necessarily prepared for joyful worship. This is for you. Some of these encouragement in Scripture are somewhat general. Like Psalm 118.24, which says, This is a day that the Lord has made. And by implication, that there is in each God-given day something to enjoy. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Another passage gets more to the point. Give thanks in all circumstances. In, not for. In all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all circumstances. Wow, really? We must remember this is written by a guy who once listed all the ways that he'd been beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, and imprisoned. So we had to trust that he knew what he was talking about. That Paul himself had developed the habit of giving thanks in all circumstances. He said elsewhere that he learned to be content in all things. Not for, in whether he regarded them as good or bad, pleasurable or distasteful, desired or hated. Why? Why do that? It is not. Let me tell you a reason that we do not do this. As some Christians have insisted through the centuries, it is not because we believe that God causes all circumstance. If you believe that, you're welcome to. I disagree with you. I don't, read the, I don't hear that in the Bible. God is not saying that. Paul is not saying that there. I don't see him saying it anywhere else in the Bible. Life happens. Evil happens. Nature happens. Other people happen. We happen to ourselves with our mistakes and our occasional foolishness. Sometimes life just sucks. And I apologize for saying it that way, but sometimes we just have to admit it. And that's not God's fault. A lot of times it's not our fault either. It's not anybody's fault sometimes. It just is. But we get to decide how we're going to respond to what kind of attitude we will take in each moment, even if it is our fault or somebody else's. So one way people, how do we do this? One way people often use to deal with circumstances, of course, is to medicate themselves. I'm a historian. This is one of, my, this is one of the stories I love telling. Soldiers in the Civil War would make homemade moonshine, and they, sometimes they would call it Obi Joyful. <laughs> It was a hilarious but disturbing indication of how much they relied on alcohol to get them through the travails of war, to, to, to create some kind of positive feeling in their bodies, if not in their spirits. The research suggests that a large percentage of soldiers, both north and south, were alcoholics by the end. Well, makes sense, doesn't it? 
That's, of course, not the only form of medication that people use. We all have our ways. Every single one of us have our ways of trying to dull the pain, our ways of putting on a happy face so people don't see how much the circumstances of our lives have drained us of joyful. I went looking for an image of being drained of joyful, and this next one was the, uh, I don't know if you can see that, it's a fire hydrant with a plug pulled and the water is empty. It felt sort of illustrative of this. Nothing left. So the thanksgiving encouraged of us in these moments is not thanks for the circumstance. Who's thankful for war? But an expression of confidence and trust in God's presence in the midst of it all, whatever it is. However painful the suffering, however tired we are of it, however irritated we may be this morning, however hopeless we may feel at the moment. And this kind of prayer is sometimes something along the lines of, this hurts like hell, God, but thanks for being with me even in hell. Have you prayed one of those prayers? Thanks for the inexplicable peace you bring to my soul even now. Thank you that all things do eventually work together for good to those who love you. I can't see that right now. I may not even be able to imagine that it is possible, but I'm going to choose to trust in that promise, and I'm going to keep choosing. This is a series, by the way, called One Choosing, where we keep going back to this, these tudes, the attitudes and gratitudes. Next week, beatitudes are things that we choose to live in. I'm going to keep choosing because I know you are faithful. So I'm going to give you advance warning again. In a couple minutes, I'm going to invite a couple of testimonies maybe two to three minutes. This is longer than a line, but not, you know, your life story, uh, something in between. But a couple minutes of maybe, if, maybe there would be a few of you here in the room that would give testimonies of being thankful in the thick of things. Maybe because you're there right now. Or maybe because you've been there before and you have some encouragement to offer from your own experience to those who are in it right now. It is hard when you're in it to give the testimony of thankfulness, you know? <laughs> but you can draw on the encouragement of those who have been through it. So I'm going to invite that. You start thinking if you're one of those that God would have give us some encouragement this morning. But first, another biblical character who lived this out in real time and wrote it all down for us so we can learn from his example. Somebody gave his own testimony. It was Jeremiah, the bullfrog. <laughs> That song is so old, I'm going to have to give up that. <laughs> Jeremiah, lived in a, Jeremiah lived in a really hard time in history. I just actually had my doctoral students do a little reflection on Jeremiah this, this, this fall. Really hard time in history. Empires were rising. They were crushing. They were oppressive. They were, it was horrible. The Babylonians came in. They invaded, and they destroyed his hometown, Jerusalem. It's, Jeremiah seems a little bit relevant for some of the stuff going on in the Middle East. They slaughtered his friends and his neighbors. There was nothing in all of that to give thanks for. In fact, Jeremiah sat down and he lamented. It's an old English word we don't use a whole lot. Maybe we should because there's much to lament in the world. He lamented the horror all around him. He had himself a good pity party too. He blamed God for all that he was experiencing just like most of us do at some point along the way. In the midst of his lamentations, however, he finally remembers who God really is. And he says the most remarkable thing 
Have you read the, read the Book of Lamentations? Don't do it for a morning devotional, okay? I mean, it's tough going. Unless you wake up in, this morning, in the morning and you're really lamenting, then read with Jeremiah, but it's not dead in the middle. When you get to chapter 3 of a five-chapter book, verse 23, he says this remarkable thing. Well, it's a, it's a longer passage than that. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the call. I remember them and my soul is now cast within me. That's what's true for him at that moment. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. What is the this? What does he have hope? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We're still here. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Said in the middle of all that. Therefore, what I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. That's kind of Old Testament language. It's what you received for your inheritance. I get the Lord. My house is no longer standing, perhaps. I don't have any more money in the bank, but I get God as my inheritance. Therefore, I will wait for him. I will wait to see what God is going to do even in this. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Joanne, by the way, has been teaching a course on waiting all this fall, this term to some of our students at the university we teach at, stuff that we probably have heard here from time to time, but maybe we had to tap into that at some point. She doesn't know I was going to say that, but um, I've got a lot of students there wanting to know about the spirituality of waiting, something for us to tap into. But the point I wanted, the the phrase I wanted to look at was, great is your faithfulness. Of course, we maybe know that old hymn. Carol and I had that sung at our wedding. Great is your faithfulness, even in this, especially in this. In a couple minutes, we're going to hear that song or a version of that song drawn directly from that lament. But before we do, and let's let's hear from you. We'll hear from a few of you of how you give thanks now or in the past, in circumstances that are more lamentable than wonderful. We have a microphone. Sorry, it's up front and center. <laughs> um, doesn't have to be eloquent. We're not looking for that, just real. So who would come to the microphone and tell us about what that feels like? Thank you, Joel. Um, I was a victim of child abuse, and it defined me. For a long time. And I walked in shame and embarrassment, even though it wasn't my fault. I took the blame for I must have done something. So I finally gave up control of my own life at age 29 and got on my knees and told God, if you can show me that this is better than what I've been living, I will follow you. It's almost 40 years ago now, when I think about it. I can't believe I'm that old. (sighs) So Psalm 34 has been present with me for a long time. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And that's my promise. There's no more shame, and I want to glow for God, even in the valleys.
Good morning. Um, my heart is deteriorating. And uh, if I weren't a fat guy, as my cardiologist said, I'd probably be on a list for a transplant in a few years. So, Joanne and I are going to enjoy these next couple of years while I still have health. But you know, in the midst of all of that, I have a piece about it. I am grateful for a good life, a good career. I am grateful that I don't have to worry about the future. What comes will be in God's can and provision. And so it's just when I think about what does Christ mean to me, that peace that is there in the midst of this kind of reality is just unexplainable. Thank you. There's somebody I'm tempted to call on, but I maybe I won't do that. Should I? Jeff or Tasha, would you have anything to say on this? You're allowed to say no. Sunday school class, you know that I'm the crier, so. The last probably two years have been very much of a struggle for me mentally, emotionally, and I've suffered a lot of loss in a lot of different ways. But the Lamentations 323 has always been my life verse. And has become much more meaningful to me um, over the last year and a half, two years. Because of God's great love, I am not consumed. God's love covers me, protects me, cares for me, helps me to endure all things that I face. Because his mercies are new every day. I get to start off with a clean mental slate every morning, or at least I try to. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always work. Um, but God's love doesn't allow me to be consumed by all of the things that I face and that have um, come upon both Jeff and I um, over the, the, the past. And God's healing balm has been placed upon my heart, which is his love. So for those things, I'm very, very grateful. I'm very thankful. Um, 
And it's okay, I forgive you. <laughs> I trusted our friendship there and enjoyed that. Anyone else? It's okay, we have time. Thursday, I had supper with a young woman who's about my oldest granddaughter's age. And I can share with this young woman freely about what's going on inside of me in a way that I can't with any of my birth children or grandchildren. And for me... Probably the most important thing in my desired outcome of my life would be is that I have that kind of easy relationship with my children and grandchildren where I can get excited about Jesus. But I don't. And I, this age, I don't think I will this side of time. And so that continues to be very painful. I experience that pain really often. However, I do have you. I have all of you. And the more Mark and I participate here in this era of our elderly life, and I make more connections and can do more things with or around or with different ones of you, get to know some of you that I've known your name for years on end, but whatever. And I just realize my kids and grandkids are in God's hands. He loves them a whole lot more than I can or could They're safe. Even my one who can't even talk about anything about Jesus because she she has chosen to be Jewish. And we, you know, so she's safe. (laughs) And, And the Lord has ways of blessing me and he is doing that in the midst of that pain. Thank you, Kathy. Thank all of you. Thank all of you who have testimonies that you're living out with your lives, even if you don't stand beside a mic this morning to, to, to say them. Why don't we sing Jeremiah's song with him for a few moments? Worship team.
cow. <laughs> it's not probably the most Christian way to <laughs> respond to worship, is it? Anyway, just a few more things. We got a, another section here, but it's fairly, fairly small. We've explored being thankful for things and being thankful in things. But let's also, before we leave, hear the invitation to be thankful toward thanks. Especially being thankful toward the transformation that God has begun in us and wants to, wants to complete. So if being thankful for, for things is largely about the past and being thankful in things is largely about the present, being thankful for things is about the future. This is what we talked about last week. This is what we introduced here. Paul spoke again to the Philippians, those marvelous folks. He said, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident, by the way, of that for you as well. That what God has started in you, he will complete. The question is whether we will participate in that. And our thankfulness is one of the ways, one of the practices that continues that work of transformation in us. The metanoia turns into metamorphosis. And as we noticed last week, the attitude that we take toward life is part of the metamorphosizing, part of the transformation that God is up to. So, therefore, ipso facto, for you Latin freaks, an attitude of gratitude can change us for the better. It can be a vehicle that drives us closer to our destination of being made healed, made whole, being complete in Christ. We're not standing still, by the way. None of us are. We're either being swept along by the tumult of the world, and it is tumultuous, or we're being swept along by the circumstances of our own life, which can be equally tumultuous, can be good or bad. Or, instead of being swept along, we are intentionally, proactively responding to God's continual nudge on our life. God's persistent, consistent, insistent invitation to stay on this journey of transformation. So that's what I'm reading when I say about being thankful towards something. It's a recognition that our gratitude is not just in the, it's, uh, I always said that. Never mind, it's about the future. For what an attitude of gratitude will contribute to the kind of person we'll be coming. And that's what we're praying for, right? To be changed. For our world to be changed. And if it's going to change out there, it's got to begin with us. I'm increasingly convinced of this, by the way. 10, 20 years ago, I was one of those that believed that if we could change all the systems and structures and who was in charge of what out there, that everything would change for the better. And now I'm convinced that if literally the millions or billions of Christians in this world would live out our faith, the world would have already been changed, can be changed. That's what God's intention and God's plan has been all along. So the invitation this time is not to give a testimony. You can't quite do that for the future yet. But let's pray as we come near the close of our time together. I've invited our elders to do that for us, to offer up a prayer for you all, a prayer of gratitude for what we are still becoming, a prayer of trust in what our good, good Father will yet make of us. Elders, come. Oh, Lord, I just pray right now for God's grace for us to remain thankful as we move into the future 
that we can continue to be grateful towards you and grateful um, for everything, regardless of what that circumstance is. And especially coming into the holiday season, I just pray that we can have the wisdom, Lord, and you just guide us to slow down, slow down a little and take time to be thankful and recognize all of the good things around us and all recognize all the opportunities that we have to be grateful each and every day. And Lord, I just can pray that you please continue to change us, metamorphize, metamorphize us um, to change our hearts each day as we focus on all of your blessings. And I pray for this congregation, those online, I just pray that we can keep a mindfulness about us, Lord, that we can focus on all those things to remain grateful. Lord, we thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, everything that you're doing. But Lord, I just pray that we could keep that attitude and gratitude into our hearts. Let us wake up every morning saying to you, I am so thankful to be a child of God. And let, that, let your graciousness and your mercy work in our lives from now on. And let us just join you in your work to show the world that you are real and we are so grateful for you. We just thank you so much, Father. I pray for this congregation that you would always be in their thoughts and that your words will be their words. Just praise you and thank you for everything you'll do in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, elders. The elders pray for you a lot. Decided it'd be good for you to hear them doing that this morning. Well, let's sing one more song to that good, good father who was with us past, present, and future. Father, to you are. 
It's who I am. You see what we did there? We circled around back to the beginning, didn't we? The true statement. Who are you? What is true about you? You are loved by that Father. There's nothing else that you remember, nothing else you can come to mind to be thankful for this week. Hold on to that one. He is a good, good Father, and He loves you. Passionately, persistently, forever, entirely, fully, in every way. That is true about you too. Well, it felt appropriate to hold off on our offering today until the end of the service. And it's not an attempt to be manipulative as if you'll be more, you know, give more if you're in a thankful mood. <laughs> but it seems like another practical way, another spiritual practice by which we can express gratitude today. Offering isn't really about money anyway. It pays the bills and hallelujah for that. Yay. But it's worship. 
It's always about worship. It's a response of trust to the God who has given us everything necessary for life and godliness. It's not an obligation. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. It's not a rule. It's a reaction. It's not law. It's love. So let's love our good, good Father again this morning by giving to him with thanks and act of sincere gratitude. Ushers, would you come and take up our offering? While they're doing that, and before the... I'm not going to... We, we prayed. I'm not going to pray. Just go ahead and do that. <laughs> we, have a, we have a closing blessing. Um, while they're doing that, I want to circle back to something I said a few minutes ago about being caught in the tumult of the world or the circumstances of our life. We talked a little bit about this a couple months ago in one of our messages, and we, about, we borrowed some phrase, a phrase from Joanne and I did from a friend of ours who talked about the seven tyrannies that exist in the world and contrasted them with the freedoms that are available for those of us in Christ. That's what our next, this adult class, next adult class is about, which we're going to start here at 1115. We've narrowed the seven down to five, just to make it, just combine a couple of them. We're not ignoring any of them, but... Some of you had asked for that. Could you expand a little bit more on those tyrannies and the freedoms that come from, with them? And um, since we talked about that a little bit today, we'll invite you, if you want to join us in the Blue Room after the service for that, you're welcome to do so. Maybe we can live in a little bit more freedom. Well, let's close with this blessing as the ushers finish up their work. We alluded to it in one of the songs we sang earlier. This day and every day, This week, in particular, but every week, this year, but every year, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go with that.